They are now under threat. They are an endangered species. If you want to know what the panda bear of real estate is today, uh, it is without question the Melbourne and Brisbane existing inner ring and middle urban consolidated ring of real estate. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, it's another code cracker, folks. We're going to dig into extremistan when it comes to real estate investing. Yes, we're going to the missing inner and middle rings of our cities to explore what is unfolding, and that is, of course, the obliteration of prices for investors in many of our favorite locations in many of our cities. We're going to talk about what that means. And of course, today, if you're tuning in for the first time on The Urban Property Investor, make sure you play the show in double speed, get your life back, but also uh, take some time to listen to perhaps some other podcasts that I've done, which are all lessons on real estate in one way, shape or form. Today, though, we are digging into one of my favorite topics is, which is understanding where potentially we should be investing and how real estate will unfold into the future. Obviously, capital growth is a big concept for many property investors And the idea of accumulating assets in marketplaces where we want to hold real estate is a massive doctrine when it comes to property investment. The end of the day, when it comes to real estate, there are many types of dwellings, many types of locations. And of course, quite often, we can break them down into A-grade real estate suburbs, B-grade suburbs, and C or D-grade real estate areas. I like teaching some principles around real estate and what I am seeing unfold certainly through 2021 is the huge amount of price gains are making certain particular markets very, very, very challenging for property investors to get into. We've all heard of the panda bear being extinct. Well, what is on the extinction list when it comes to real estate for the most Uh, part for property investors. Today's show, we are really having a look at what property investors face into the future, but also what potentially is being eradicated from people's grasps uh, right now. Now, as you know, I'm a big fan of teaching four principles when it comes to choosing areas to invest in. The first one is We always want a mission fit city. A mission fit city is really a place which embraces megatrends, embraces the idea that jobs of the future, skills of the future are morphing, industries are morphing, 
And of course, uh, if we can find mission fit cities to own real estate in, of course, we're going to do very well over time, very well. And of course, mission fit cities are measured on the people within those cities, the talent, if you like. Uh, Talent of people quite often means that people are going to get paid more when people get paid more. Uh, and they earn more, they spend more, and of course, a lot of that relates to property investment. Uh, other things are things like the place itself, whether it's uh, uh, you know incredibly robust city with a nighttime culture, with arts, with uh, all sorts of dynamics. So mission fit capabilities are so important because, again, megatrends, which are reframing society, are critical to understand as a property investor. The next thing I love teaching is the idea that today, uh, because of live-work-play dynamics, we want to choose an area which is a 20-minute neighbourhood. The fact that we can find efficiency in infrastructure, we can do really, really well out of being a property investor. And I will explain the differences which are unfolding because for a lot of property investors, the 20-minute neighborhood is under threat right now. It's on the extinction list for many property investors choosing assets. Uh, I also teach the idea of the pyramid of livability, which is just the idea of humanistic movement, how people get around. Our massive urban land masses has a direct correlation in what type of properties perform, particularly from a cash flow perspective. And I also teach the urban behavioral economy that today, if we are digging into a property investment, we want it to cater for people who live Uh, work, play in the same neighborhood. And we want to center that around two megatrends, which is the smart economy. And of course, the idea of wellness, which is something which is really the fastest megatrend unfolding in society, longevity and wellness. And you see the results of wellness when you look at particularly coast towns and surf suburbs in our major cities, they are just, you know, booming at the moment. So again, uh, we as a property investor generally have a bit of a budget. And as we compete in the real estate market, that budget, obviously, if the marketplace is not booming, generally gets us more buying power. But then a boom comes and fundamentally transforms the market forever. And really, we're probably in a place, particularly for a few of our most favorite cities, where they are now under threat. They are an endangered species. If you want to know what the panda bear of real estate is today, uh, It is, without question, the Melbourne and Brisbane existing inner ring and middle urban consolidated ring of real estate. Yes, prices are now becoming rather extreme in those two belts. The inner belts, the middle belts are absolutely skyrocketing in value to the point where the property investor becomes 
an extinct species. Now, this has happened in the past. Sydney, for example, is already extinct for property investors. As you know, I break down Sydney into Western Sydney and Sydney. It's really two cities these days. Parramatta is a huge city. Sydney uh, is extinct for property investors. Unless you've got a bucket load of money, millions and millions of dollars, you will not own real estate in Alpha Sydney. Now, from an extreme point of view, uh, extremistan is the idea that society increasingly rejects the average and invests in the best of the best. In real estate terms, uh, that increasingly sees proven alpha suburbs perform over and over and over. Now, Sydney is, as I alluded to, I think in a recent podcast, uh, an alpha place, it's an extreme city, it is extremistan, it has fundamentally left uh, being a mediocre kind of place. It is now today arguably very much like Monaco, the people who live in Sydney, not Western Sydney, um, have huge house prices but have, uh, for the most part, the wages to pay for the extreme levels of activity. So when real estate uh, starts to suffer this challenge that prices starting to move so quickly, uh, it really challenges two segments of the market. The first segment being first home buyers and the second segment being property investors. And we'll talk about how that really links to the idea of uh, extreme property investment. So if we were to break down uh, really where you can buy property, there are a couple of choices, I guess you would say, for property investors. You've got what we would refer to as the efficient real estate market, which is the inner and middle ring of major cities. And why they're efficient, they have a huge infrastructure efficiency. Though a property value may, may be a certain price, it prices in the consensus, the consensus of there's great shops, there's great schools, there's great transport, there's great road systems, there's lifestyle, there's the consensus is built into the price. Why? Because of infrastructure efficiency. Then we have other choices as a property investor. We have new communities, which are basically a consolidated idea of sending people to the urban edge of our urban landmass. Uh, urban new settlements, basically, are the idea over time they will develop infrastructure efficiency. So you're kind of an emerging community, if you like. And of course, as a property investor, you've just got to weigh up what you can do. There is no right or wrong. But what I am flagging today is the extinction of the efficient inner and middle ring for property investors. Uh, the endangered species list today now includes Melbourne and Brisbane from the efficient real estate inner and middle. Sydney is extinct. It doesn't exist for property investors. 
unless you're willing to fork out uh, over a million dollars, then you're a player. If you do not have a million dollars to borrow, you're not a player in Efficient Sydney. Uh, so we got new communities. Then we've got what I would call growing regional centres. And of course, uh, off the back of uh, some of the price extremes in Extremistan, uh, people have flowed out to growing regional communities. And again, um, whilst we've seen price rises of growing regional communities, certainly it's not the end of the supply chain for growing regional communities. And of course, for new communities, it's not the end for their product uh, efficiency either. However, for Extremistan, the efficient real estate inner and middle, we are now going to see a transformation, which is quite interesting. And of course, off the back of that, we should see, again, the idea that people will pay for it, even though it's expensive. And of course, the fourth sector is growing rural, basically uh, small townships, uh, perhaps those tree change townships, which are connected to a much larger regional centre, and uh, really uh, just by virtue of quite often affordability, if they're drivable to perhaps a, a major city, um, they may be something which a property investor can afford. Remember, the idea of this conversation today is around, well, what can we afford and what is actually happening when it comes to the real estate market? Where is it being absorbed? How are we going to fit into this puzzle of property investment? Now, I think Though the pandemic has shone a light on the idea of work from home, we know that mission fit real estate is something that is critical to property investment. After all, we want robust tenants and really cities are going to once again act as the lightning rod, if you like, for human acumen. In other words, uh, again, cities are not just a place where people sit in offices. They are absolutely a place where creation is unfolding, where ideas are born, where scale-up businesses unfold, where startup businesses are created. And of course, for that reason, they're always going to be a very competitive place to own real estate near I think what uh, we are witnessing post, obviously, the pandemic is amenity-rich local areas, particularly in the inner and middle rings of our cities, are again going through just a renaissance of just how valuable they actually are. And when we track the growth rates in our cities, uh, we are starting to see certainly the huge amounts of growth in areas which are quite close and mobile to our city centres. And of course, uh, what this does is put price pressure, particularly on the middle ring and inner ring of our cities. And once the prices bolt, it's very, very hard to undo. And 
as I often allude to as a property investor, you want to own the best real estate while it's affordable. And if that means paying a little bit extra to get the better suburb, it really is worthwhile because the better suburbs ultimately end up getting the better capital growth and of course get the better performance. Real estate is an opinion sport. And again, if the consensus of real estate is stronger in certain suburbs and certain streets and certain neighborhoods, then you're fundamentally going to get a more pronounced level of growth. And uh, by way of example, certainly the inner and middle ring of Brisbane of late has had the most pronounced price growth. Now, that's not to say people are not making money on the edge of the city. They certainly are as well because really the whole of Brisbane is booming. But it is a good case study that, yes, the property on the edge of the city has gone from 450 to 550, but that is not unaffordable for people. But what happens to... Uh, you know, the house or the townhome that goes from 7 to 1.1 in the middle or inner ring of our cities, all of a sudden it's priced out for property investors. It's priced out and it becomes what is known as extremistan. And of course, if you were to look at the mapping of, say, Melbourne and Brisbane, it's quite easy to understand where the efficiency of infrastructure is because of the rather large land masses. I mean, Brisbane is a 200 kilometer long city, which really sprawls from the Sunshine Coast down to the Gold Coast. Melbourne is a massive city. Uh, Melbourne will be a city by population larger than London, and certainly its land mass is as big as London is today. And of course, again, where Extremistan is, is this efficient middle and inner ring area, which is ultimately becoming now a price pressure bubble for property investors to be part of. And when I look at Sydney and the lessons from Sydney, I learned this lesson back in 2013 when really it marked the end of the ability to buy in central Sydney and of course it did create opportunities for people to buy in western Sydney but ultimately western Sydney is not extremistan. Extremistan in Sydney is really those inner and middle ring suburbs which today the average property value is circa over three million dollars. Today if you want to spend seven hundred thousand dollars and buy perhaps a new home, perhaps build a new home. Uh, you can't even really even do that in Sydney. That is the price pressure of just how extreme Alpha Sydney is. In fact, today a lot of people are having to go to uh, more, I guess, what you would call uh, rural-based locations to find something affordable. Now, again, as a property investor, we often have this dynamic, well, we've got to follow the affordability, yes. But if we can keep up with the extreme ability, we're actually going to make more money. And again, I think um, 
into the future, the extreme pockets, which are those efficient real estate inner and middle areas, are, are fundamentally um, on their last legs for property investors. You either buy you or you don't. That's as simple as it is. It will disappear. What that will leave property investors is certainly uh, the idea of buying in consolidated new urban sprawl communities. Um, and there are some very, very good ones emerging. That'll certainly allow people to buy on the city fringe as a property investor. It will allow people to buy in regional town centers and, of course, uh, growing rural townships. But the efficient real estate inner and middle ring is fundamentally running out as we can see. Unless, of course, you can spend today, um, you know, a little bit more on buying that real estate. So why is it happening? Well, why does Extremistan even exist? Well, fundamentally, it is driven by affordability once the affordability runs out, the property market transforms. And the best way to understand, I guess, where this ends up is a supply gap, a supply gap. Uh, why certain suburbs end up becoming just ridiculously expensive is off the back of a supply gap. So Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne now are experiencing a massive supply gap in the inner and middle rings of their cities. Uh, ultimately, what that leads to is higher price points for brand suburbs, those aspirational suburbs, and what I ultimately look for quite often, which is affordable yet livable areas in very, very good pockets of cities. So what happens is Extremistan begins to, uh, I guess, lock people out. And the best way to understand it is there's a few different groups in the real estate market. You've got upgraders, uh, home buyers, uh, you've got downsizers, You've got really a market which grows off the back of that. And you've got sort of two other groups, investors and first home buyers. Now, investors and first home buyers generally compete over the same stock. And the reason they compete over the same stock is price point. Uh, First home buyers love spending $500,000 to $600,000. They're taking out 95% loans and they're putting virtually no money into what they buy. That's the model. They use government stimulus to do that and that's the model. Property investors use the rental return of a property to fund it and often take equity out of their primary residence to basically build an asset base, which is great. This is what you want to do. Now, prior to this most recent level of growth, property investors could fundamentally shop where uh, upgraders and downsizers have been shopping, which for the most part has been these more 
uh, middle to inner ring neighbourhoods. The reason they could do that, particularly in Melbourne and and Brisbane, was the prices were still relatively affordable. However, the horse is bolting. It's bolted in Sydney. I know it's bolted in Canberra. And of course, what this means is what's left for property investors into perhaps 2022, certainly by my radar by 2023, is property investors will be competing with first home buyers on where first home buyers can go, rural townships, uh, major townships in regional areas, and of course, areas on the city fringe of our cities. That is ultimately what is going to unfold. Now, uh, for me, when I witnessed what happened with Extremistan in Sydney, it blew my mind, right? It blew my mind. The fact that a market can go at the click of her fingers and never be affordable enough to buy in is an interesting thing and a great learning lesson that I learnt uh, off the back of really the 2011 to 2015 Sydney property market uh, growth boom. So what happens then is the marketplace is left with the inner and middle ring of our cities where home buyers are uh, or first home buyers, I should say, first home buyers and investors can't afford to buy. Now, if you think about how supply works, most supply, brand new supply, is created for first home buyers and created for investors. Now, if you remove that delivery mechanism from the marketplace, you are left with suburbs where supply will rarely go to. When it does come to those suburbs, it will be simply designed around uh, the upgrade or a downsizer market, which is a far more sophisticated market. Meaning, really, if you do see stock being produced, it's going to probably be very prestige or even luxury. One thing we don't talk about in uh, real estate quite often is just how luxury Sydney's luxury market actually is. I mean, you can see $100,000 per metre paid for real estate in Sydney. Uh, it is ridiculously luxury. And again, this idea that the consensus of the extreme is people want it, they just continue to pay more and more for it because there's less of it. And I guess, you know, to use a Bitcoin analogy, there's only so many Bitcoins. And one of the things that people love about that is the extreme nature of that, that there is no more to create. And of course, we are now seeing the inner and middle of our major cities basically start to very much disappear from a price point of view. Now, we often talk about something which is known as the missing middle. It's a, a bit of a term around that quite often is used in town planning circles. Uh, basically, what happens is from a planning point of view, 
really the the inner and the middle areas economically are very very hard to put stock into and a big part of that reason is just the mathematics don't start to make a lot of sense um buying you know four or five old houses and then under the planning scheme there's height limits and things like that to build some apartments to sell to no first home buyers and no investors starts to become a, a, a slower process because as we know um when investors like something they buy it in droves they buy basically on affordability when first home buyers buy stuff they buy it in droves and they basically buy it on affordability the construction industry is very much connected to that section of the marketplace and that's why you often see on statistics First home buyers will be compared to investors. We were like, well, how many home loans are going to investors? How many home loans are going to first home buyers? Because really, those two markets ultimately compete with each other. Now, the best way to understand what will unfold in our middle and inner rings of our cities, particularly Brisbane and Melbourne, where I focus a lot of my time in, is the future lead time for stock and the lead time for that stock to be sold and the availability of existing stock is all basically going to diminish. I often call this the straight line method of real estate. You basically go from the central hub, the alpha part of the CBD, and then you drift out until you basically... Um, go out sort of circa about 15 to 20 kilometers, depending on the city, maybe 25 kilometers. And for a lot of our cities, there is no more land left. There is no uh, place to develop. And of course, the straight line method ultimately is once you find a suburb and you realize between you and the CBD, there is nothing that can be created all of a sudden you start to realize that you are in a very extreme part of the marketplace. Now, stock will get created, but what uh, ultimately happens and what has happened in Sydney is it becomes an owner-occupier created marketplace. Um, and the reason being is just investors buy on yields and as we know, the speed of change is uh, pushing people, um, you know, and people are losing the proximity. So you got to understand you're in a bit of a race and most property investors um, struggle with this logic because they, I guess, you know, don't sort of comprehend that the market's going to wait for them. And I always say this, you know, the market will move faster than people. and What's so interesting off the back of like uh, the latest property boom, I mean, I know people in the western, uh, sorry, the eastern suburbs of Sydney who thought the market was going to crash, sold their assets, uh, had, you know, a large four bedroom home in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, sold up, and now they cannot rebuy uh, a two bedroom unit in the same suburb. 
They literally got out thinking the market was going to crash. Market did the polar opposite. And now they're suffering this extremist effect, right? So we have this internal ability to invest. Then we've got the speed of the market and the rate of change. And ultimately, that is what is unfolding across um, many of our cities at the moment. Again, for Sydney, you know, back in 2013 was really when I tapped out because most of my property investors that I work with are spending four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. They're not spending one point six million dollars to buy a property. And so if they could, they could afford, you know, the uh, more efficient parts of certainly Sydney. But what we're what we're leading towards here is that Melbourne and Brisbane are starting to follow Sydney's example. And what ultimately happened in Sydney? Sydney split into two cities, Western Sydney and Sydney. Sydney remains to this day as extremistan. Western Sydney became an opportunity for really uh, affordability. And Brisbane will have this same uh, challenge. Brisbane will probably end up with two versions of Brisbane. Melbourne is certainly going through it. And again, if you can hold assets in the more extreme parts, you're going to see really the best of real estate, where things go up by the millions eventually. And the reason being the Bitcoin effect. There is only so many good parts of our city uh, of our cities and there's just more people than there is good parts and that's ultimately how real estate unfolds will there always be an affordable place for someone to go and buy sure uh, they're invented all the time and again i think uh, the next step for most property investors is tippy-toeing into affordability because of the extinction of the inner and middle of our more favorable cities to own real estate in. Today, for example, if you were to buy an apartment, I don't know, two bedroom, one bathroom, 70 odd square meters, six Ks from the city center of Sydney, uh, you know, you're probably at 1.3 million for something more modern, something which, um, you know, has... Uh, some good appeal to it. So 1.3. That in itself would probably rent for $700 a week, right? So your yield is just too low as a property investor, even if you could spend the 1.3, right? So this is what happens. We lose the yield. We lose the return. Prices go up and the return doesn't necessarily keep pace with it. And as such, all of a sudden, the uh, market outpaces the yield and because the market outpaces the yield, the uh, property investment space disappears. And of course, what's left is a marketplace where simply families, home buyers, upgraders, downsizers exist. And because that is not a high production marketplace, 
then of course less stock is produced and that inversely pushes prices to an even more extreme place. Hence why we call it extremistan. Now, for me, um, I love owning real estate in extremistan marketplaces. Um, my assets in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane are all within extremistan pockets, i.e. the active inner or the uh, missing middle. Now, I'll talk you through really a deal I bought uh, back in sort of 2009, paid 800 odd thousand for it. Um, it's located sort of 13 Ks from the city center. It's located just off the back of Curl Curl Beach in Sydney. Um, what did I pay? I paid uh, 800 odd thousand. Today, Extremistan has taken that asset to 1.8 million dollars. Now, I think I've mentioned this deal once before. So I'm up a million dollars, right? Um, again, I bought the property, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Um, and the result is absolutely staggering, right? It's a staggering result to watch that asset go from eight to 1.8. Now, we're all obviously very happy with that result. I'm happy with that result. But the point is, because this real estate is still in what is considered the most extreme and valuable pocket of Alpha Sydney, the crazy part is not making the million dollars. The crazy part is the asset could easily make another million dollars. Why? Because there is no investors in this market anymore. There is no first home buyers in this market before. It is known as a trade-up market. In other words, to get into the property market where that $1.8 million asset is, uh, which is um, was $800,000, to get into that, you're going to need to sell your first home or your investment property, take the money from that and put it into put it into the asset to be part of that market as a home buyer. And of course, this is why you start to see the runaway costs of the more uh, efficient parts of our cities. Efficient areas, the inner, inner ring, the middle ring, they're under threat. And I can tell you there is very much a tap out point about to unfold where investors are just being pushed and pushed and pushed. And because of the decade low supply that we're seeing in much of the stock coming to market, we're seeing the disappearance of the ability to, to buy affordable real estate. It's just getting harder. How long do I think we've got left? I don't know. It's moving so quickly. Could it be three months? Could it be one year? I don't know. But my message through today's podcast is really to understand that the squeeze is on. And once you miss the squeeze, you certainly uh, can't undo it. Can you always go to an affordable part of a city and buy some real estate? Pretty much you can. And that is why... Uh, 
when I teach real estate, I talk about competition markets. Competition markets, the only differential is price. Eventually, we all have to buy in competition marketplaces, but if we can start with monopoly-based marketplaces, oligopoly-based marketplaces, aspirational place marketplaces, gentrification or emerging marketplaces in active inner or middle, you ultimately do very well because eventually it just becomes too affordable to keep developing those areas and because of lending constraints, attract first home buyers and of course attract investors once, of course, they're removed from the marketplace, you start to see a very different landscape in the city itself. And really, uh, today's message, if you like, is certainly Sydney is extinct for property investors. Western Sydney is not. Uh, Brisbane, the efficient, active inner and middle is becoming extinct. Melbourne, the same it is becoming is extinct. So uh, if you want real estate that starts to go with the extreme level of activity in the market, not following the affordable activity in the marketplace, you probably need to make a business decision whether you want to go down that road because you're kind of running out of time. And I always explain it using Sydney suburbs. You can do the Bondi of Sydney uh, right now in Melbourne and or Brisbane uh, and you do not need to do the Gopnik village of Rudy Hill because uh, you've still got time. But when does it price itself out? I find when property investments, when the yield uh, variation stretches too far apart. It just becomes nonsensical for property investors. They take on cash flow, losing pieces of real estate, which are too heavy. You know, when you're starting to take on 15, 20, $25,000 losses per annum to own an asset, uh, from a cash perspective, it just becomes too heavy. So I personally think given the rates are low, the tap out point is really anywhere from eight to 900. Um, for the most part, we're heading in that direction. So if you can sort of find middle or inner ring real estate, you know, really good apartment, really good townhouse, really good house uh, today in Melbourne or Brisbane for, you know, seven to $900,000, you're doing really, really well. Hey, if you can afford 1.4, 1.5 and get right into Extremistan, you should because it is worth it because what's stopping a $1.5 million property becoming a $3 million property? Uh, nothing really. Nothing is the answer to that. And uh, the reason nothing is the answer is that we'll no doubt sit in the right pocket of the market where the consensus of that asset is very, very strong and the money behind the assets are very, very good. I'm a big fan of inner and middle ring real estate. I love it if you can get your hands on it. The reality is how many people have lost money in inner or middle ring real estate in Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane? Uh, it doesn't really happen, does it? And for that reason, I think it's just an amazing gift 
But the message of today's show is, of course, uh, you're playing the market and the market may be just outpacing your decision making. So if you're a fence sitter, get off the fence and get going. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed tuning in to today's show on Extremistan. Uh, Make sure you tune in again. We'll talk again about real estate. Thanks. Uh, I will catch you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.